Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Recorded live. Welcome, everyone, to our second call for the month of September on um, spiritual practices for lasting happiness, not the flash in the pan kind of happiness. Our special guest today, um, as is our special guest all month, Miss Ruby, is here with us, our, also our surrender queen. Hello, Ruby. <laughs> Hi, Amina. Hi, everyone. Here's me waving. (laughs) So last week we talked about the um, concept of friendliness, and this week we're going to continue with the concept of compassion. And one of the things I was talking to Ruby about when we talked about these these calls or this concept to even begin with was how all of the concepts that we're going to be talking about, all four concepts over the course of the month of September, how they're all very straightforward, normal concepts that we hear every single day in our day-to-day lives. Um, You know, I think most people know how to be a friend. I feel like we learned that in kindergarten or even earlier than kindergarten, but definitely that how you be a friend and be a good friend. And we've heard that our whole lives. Compassion is another one that, um, you know, is, is in the air all the time to be a compassionate human being and having compassion and how do you be compassionate. And one of the things that um, I love about the divine timing, and Ruby actually pointed this out when we spoke yesterday, was that Mother Teresa just got uh, sainthood by the Catholic Church, just Mm -hmm. became a saint. And I think when you think of maybe the ultimate sign of compassion, um, there's a few names that come up to the top, and I think Mother Teresa is definitely one of them. So we are in the vibe of the universal energy today as we talk about compassion. But before we do that, let's open up and talk a little bit about friendliness and talk about your experiences with friendliness, with what you noticed and what came up for you and what part was easy and what part was not. I know my um, one of my favorite posts on the Adventures with Amina page was from Miss Regina, who I've had the opportunity to talk to for a few times over here, it's just like, wow, I do this and I do that. And I don't know, am I missing something with the practice? And I was like, no, Regina, you're just, you just maybe have mastered this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of, <laughs> kind of nice and refreshing to see um, because it, it was definitely a concept that when we talked about it, I thought, oh, yeah, this is something I'm going to be really good at. And when I practiced it last week, I uh, had my own set of challenges, which I'll share with you. But before I do, let's open it up to, well, let me actually Ruby, turn over to you and see if you want to add anything as an intro before we open up and get some sharing. That'll give people some time to think about what they might want to share. Uh, no, I'm excited to hear how people, um, you know, dealt with the whole friendliness thing. I'll tell you that it, it 
was a practice that had its fair challenges for me as well. Um, you know, and I had a road trip with my husband, so that was like really interesting timing <laughs> where I had to practice oneness and friendliness because um, in my experience, what I realized is, and I, I guess most of us understand this, that we can turn friendly and compassionate and all of those things easier to strangers and someone outside but you know someone you you know and have lived with for 10 years 11 years sometimes we kind of miss the mark and that's what I realized so it helped me tremendously kind of it's given me a lot of homework I have to say which I have to work on I'll continue to work on but it was really it was challenging but really powerful stuff So let's open up from you all. How, how how did the practice go? What did you all notice? And feel free to write on chat too, because I'm happy to to read it out loud. So this is Joshua. Um, I I posted, but what I noticed was for me because we got together with my family was that my two sisters have definitely not been friends for many years, and I have always felt a need to sort of intervene and try to somehow make that better. And this time, I one of my sisters sort of left where everyone else was having fun. And my my immediate knee-jerk reaction was to go and find her and bring her back. And I said, you know what? She knows what she needs. And so it wasn't so much about listening in the friendship as more of allowing myself to trust my sister to know herself, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and just allow her to take care of herself. And then when the family did get together in the same area that she was, everything was smooth, whereas if I had tried to inter- intervene, it might have just actually made things worse, so to speak. That's huge, Yeah, I think. Yeah, right on. Yeah, that's, that's um, amazing. And I think just the exact same thing Ruby just said, I mean, man, can we be friendly and loving and compassionate and uh, these amazing life coaches and these just amazing <laughs> full of life beings and human beings to a total stranger on a bus or the people on the street or your clients. You know, I come do all these coaching calls all day long to, with my clients and I'm supportive and loving and caring and, oh, if that's too hard, you don't need to do that. Try this and all this other stuff. But, man, when it comes to family, for those of you who played, and I know a couple people posted in Adventures playing with your kids. Um, we had a few people who did this with their kids or a spouse or a family member at all. It's a whole different ballgame. So I, I salute you, Joshua. When you, when you posted that, I was like, wow, it's impressive. And it's a whole new behavior, right? I mean, yeah. you, you broke the pattern of this is the role I always play in the family when this situation happens, here's how I react, and you did something completely different. So, kudos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay. Other folks? This is Mindy. Go ahead, Mindy. Can you hear me? Okay. Um, We had the girls this weekend, and uh, they're six and four. They're our grandkids. And usually they fight like cats and dogs. This weekend, they were so good. I mean, it was just like, 
I don't know if we were just more present with them or, or what was going on, but they didn't, they really didn't get into their skirmishes like they usually do because they're so close in age that, you know, one will take something from the other one and the other was crying and all that stuff. We didn't have any of that. And more and more of, of the, you know, Oh, Grandma, I love you so much. Kiss, kiss, you know, and, you know, <laughs> you, you know, and kissing, kissing my husband on them, you know, on my phone, his pictures on my phone. They're like kissing. I, I want to kiss him until he goes away. He, he just keeps kissing me. <laughs> oh, my so gosh, that's cute. Yeah, it was, just, it was an amazing weekend. You know, usually we're, like, really tired and need a nap when they go home, but it wasn't that bad this time. <laughs> but I don't know if I did that on purpose or if it was just, you know, um, something that happened or, or maybe a, um, a thought in my head when we had that, you know, have our meeting last week um, of that coming up because I know some, uh, Dana, I was talking to her and she said, have you done your filmingness thing? And I'm like, oh, I had to get off because I had a phone call and, and I didn't hear the end of it, but it must have stuck anyway because we did talk about this, this group. and <laughs> so. It was in the air. It was in yeah. the air and how you yeah. practice. And you know what? Kids are such a, a, a good one. I remember um, my sister said to me, and, and for those of you who have kids, this is not going to come as a shocker to you, but it was a whole different way of looking at the world to me. She said to me, she goes, or when her, her kids were are about a year and a half apart, they're much older now, but when they were in that uh, two, three, and three, four-ish mm-hmm. range, she said, we just don't go out to restaurants. It's just not good for them. And what she was referring to is at that age, they just can't, they can't sit through an entire meal while, you know, adults order food, the food comes, you sit, you eat their food. They just aren't capable of doing that. And so rather than putting them in a situation where they're going to want to get up and run around the restaurant or they're going to want to get up and, and do all these things, she just decided she's not going to take them to, you know, sit down restaurants or the order food to go or you know, whatever the case may be, but she's just not going to put them in that position. So kids are a great way to practice this whole friendliness because you see parents losing it with kids about sit still and don't fidget and stuff like that, and you think they're just four years old. You know, they, this is probably the capacity that they're at at this point of mental development. You know, when they're 24 and they're doing that, that's a different story. But you know, <laughs> at three and four, sitting still for a whole hour is, is a feat, you know. So good for you. Good for you to, to do that. <laughs> good for you to do that. Thank you. So, so, Dana, I know you're on, too, and you shared on the last call, so I don't want to put you on the spot. I know you're on chat, but um, did you end I'm up here. reaching? Oh, you are. Okay, yeah, that's right. I forgot yeah. you're on you're, you're I'm on both. Chat. You're on both. You're locked into chat in California on the on the call stuff. So yeah. did you did you end up what just what not necessarily that you can reach out to her, but just some of the awarenesses you were talking about. Do you want to provide an update? And I I am calling you out, so feel free yeah, to chat I, if you'd like to. I didn't I didn't make any movement on that particular friend, um, but I know when there's a lesson to be learned, if it rears its ugly head. Um, in a way that makes you realize, whoa, I have some work to do here. That happened to me Saturday. So I wasn't very kind in my relationship at home with my sweetheart on Saturday. And I was like, okay, you need to regroup your girlfriend. So, um, and it doesn't happen to us like hardly ever. So it was such a stark contrast. 
Um, like we just don't fight. I mean, I think we're at that age and so many relationships down that it's just not something that we, it doesn't even happen. Like never. Right. So when it does, right. it's like, Oh, Whoa, what's this? But I had an opportunity to um, ground myself and, you know, say that I was sorry and um, do whatever was needed to write the relationship, which is more important to me than being right ever. Um, so even if I was right, not right, doesn't matter at that point. To me, peace is the ultimate objective. So he had his children coming over um, within, you know, probably an hour of us having this little squabble. So I said, oh, I really need to get right myself, you know, because um, the kids have issues that they're dealing with, and I need to stand and be that. Um, I feel strongly that my purpose for being in their life is to be that light and that um, that safe place to land, as we like to say. So I did that. I, I got myself in a good space, and I was present for mostly his daughter, who relies on me now more and more, like maybe the mother she didn't have, but it's taking almost three years now. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I sat, and I was present, and I listened, and we shared as women, and um, I know that she loves that more than she can even tell me. So um, I felt like I, I did a 360, but I definitely saw that, ooh, I have some work to do. And I know it's mm-hmm. because my, of my, my move. I, I haven't been doing my alignment practices because of my big interruption in my move. And I know, Ruby, you just moved, so maybe you can relate. But it just kind of throws everything out of kilter when you move. Everything is mm-hmm. not where it's supposed to be, and your routines are all thrown off. So now I've got that momentum of the move, still kind of the train going on the track. But I need to reel it in, and um, and I started yesterday with some gratitude practices again, just to get myself back in the flow of my morning alignment, which is incredibly important. But it was obvious that I was not in alignment on Saturday morning. <laughs> so I, yeah, yeah. But you know what? And so one of the things that um, I noticed too, I'll just add on to your share, Dana, because one of the yeah. things that I saw was uh, it's a lot harder for me to be that friendly presence presence when I'm not taking care of myself. Yes. Mm-hmm. So something like something like a move, um, it's it's just extra stress on you, right? I and mean, mm-hmm. it's one of those yeah. it's a situation that just creates extra stress. It's not somebody else doing it. It's just you know, the situation. situation. Yeah. yeah, it's the situ- yeah. It's situational. And so that's where, you know, nor- whatever your normal loving practices, whatever your normal stuff is, you might need a little extra of that. But I noticed that when uh, when I caught myself, as I was practicing this, when I caught myself being not friendly, I, I, I was aware. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, crap, I am not being a good friend right now. You know, mm-hmm. I am not really putting myself. And the first thing I did in every single one of those situations was exit the situation, take a walk, yeah. calm down, whatever, because there was no flipping on being a good friend in that moment for me. No. There, was yeah. a, there was something that I needed, to, I needed to do for me so that mm-hmm. I could then re-engage mm-hmm. as a good friend. And one of the things, Ruby, that I think is so interesting that you keep talking about is how this is an internal practice, not an external practice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because you got to get yeah. it straight on the – when you have it straight on the inside, it's – you know, I, I was talking to Ruby yesterday about compassion stuff, and I said, okay, well, what's an example? Like, it, it, in this scenario, Ruby, what would you do? What's an example? And, um, you know, you said something brilliant, Ruby, which is it, it, it doesn't really matter what you do. In, if you're right on the inside, 
it's kind of like you'll on the outside you'll laugh in that situation if you're meant to laugh you'll cry in that situation if you're meant to cry you'll say something kind if you're meant to say something kind you'll give advice if you're meant to mm-hmm. you know it's like it, you could have 17 different reactions to the exact same situation but when you're right on the inside you'll know what mm-hmm. reaction to bring out on the outside it's not like oh i'm practicing compassion so <laughs> when someone says this i respond with that you know it's not mm-hmm. like that it's like, mm-hmm. and, and you guys have probably seen this too, right? I mean, I've been in this situation so many times that I have now learned to take a pause before saying anything. But somebody will say to me, yeah, you know, I'm going through a divorce right now. And way back in the day before I'd start any of these practices, my first response was always like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Because in my little world, that sounded like that was horrible. But as you all know, there's plenty of people who are like, this is the best thing that has ever happened. I'm, I'm happier now than I have been in 20 years. And I'm, so it's, it's not about what do you, it's not about what do I say when someone says I'm, I've got cancer? What do I say when someone says I'm going through a divorce? It's not about getting the words right. It's about being so in tune on the inside that you know in that moment, do you say, do you say something? Do you just say, how is that going for you? Or how has that been for you? Whatever. You just somehow know what to do in that moment when you're right on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that, Dana, that you took that moment to say, okay, I need to, because I was doing a lot of those. I was doing a lot of taking a lot of moments to get right on the inside before I was like, okay, let, now let me re-engage and think. I couldn't even think what would a friend do in, that, in the moment when I wasn't right on the inside. Those thoughts weren't even available to me. That's right. So... I just want to add to that. You remember the practice was about friendliness and oneness, right? Cultivating those. And I think 90% of friendliness and oneness is just showing up, being present, and listening. And I, from whatever it is right. I've heard from all of you, every single person that has shared either here or online has done that. You have shown up, you were mindful and present, and you were willing to listen. And I think... Um, if anyone's thinking you guys didn't get it or, you know, you all didn't find too much movement or did I get it right, I, from where I'm sitting, I think all of us made tremendous progress because for five days we were present, mindful, we showed up and we listened. That energy you can't buy for like a billion dollars. And we all said and we all and we all saw the places where we could do a little more work. So I think that's a good way to transition into our next oneness practice. Uh-huh. Let's build. Let's build upon that and have self compassion as well as compassion for others, since it's all one. <laughs> so talk to us, Ruby, a little bit about compassion. Okay, so compassion is not like a new word. I think we all understand. Uh, compassion, we've been taught compassion. I think if any of us have had a religious upbringing, um, you know, the priests, like in, in our case, like the pundits will always tell us, oh, you've got to be compassionate or you're not getting into heaven or whatever. Um, so we know compassion. But um, what I wanted to do with this week uh, was to really explore what is the core of compassion. And that's what we want to do and kind of improve, just like we did with friendliness and oneness, we want to up that game and remove any kind of, um, you know, subconscious actions or behaviors or feelings that creep in uh, while we're trying to be compassionate towards another person. So, the, you know, as living conscious 
collective beings, um, we are naturally wired to feel compassion for someone else. Now, whether it is a living thing or uh, an inanimate object, it doesn't matter. Like we, there is a wiring which you cannot change, which makes you feel a connection that makes you feel, uh, um, you know, uh, that makes you want to reach out and support and help. So it comes naturally. We don't have to really teach that bit uh, to us. But what happens is that um, a lot of us, when we are faced with um, a, a situation or we come across someone who is either suffering or in pain or is miserable, however strong or however mild um, the misery or pain is, um, we might kind of get stuck or we might not know what to do to help um, a lot. Like, like, let me share an example. For example, if you're coming out of the grocery store and you see a mom with two kids, she's trying to load you know, her groceries into her car and her kids are there and she's got, and a I have seen a lot of people and I myself have been guilty that I don't walk up there and help her or at least offer my support. Now, she's not like in misery or whatever, but she's struggling, right? Like that's pain. So sometimes we, we kind of have these opportunities to extend compassion, extend that support, uh, but our social norms and our, you know, little, you know, little voices in our head kind of hold us back, and then we start to analyze, well, should I, shouldn't I, what will that person think, maybe I'm intruding, maybe I shouldn't. So all of those things happen, um, and I think that is, that is very cultural. Uh, it's a cultural thing that has seeped in. So one of the things that we want to do this week is find opportunities where you you see someone else or you see a situation and you can extend that helping hand, however small it is. It could be, you know, someone who's carrying three cups of coffee from the barista counter to his friends and three cups of hot coffee, you know, it's going to burn his fingers. It could be something as, as small as that. But we want to find opportunities where we can up that game and extend our support and extend our um, help to as many people as possible. So those are like something, it's a, it's a really easy thing that we can do. Now, uh, the, the, the core of compassion really is um, compassion which is void of pity. And that, that's what we want to talk about a little more wherein you see someone or you see an event or you see a situation or see a person who is in pain, who is undergoing trauma, is, is, is suffering or is miserable, and our instinct or our instinct human reaction uh, is for us to feel sorry. And sorry is nothing but like a fancier word um, of feeling Pity. Now, what does pity really signify? Pity, when you feel pity for somebody, like a, oh, poor thing, um, it immediately uh, has that uh, energy where you think of them, somehow you're thinking of them as less than who they are in that, who, who they really are, you're thinking of them as less than in that situation. Um, so you, we want to catch ourselves when we see someone struggling. Uh, 
we want to be mindful and we want to be we want to catch ourselves if we start thinking in that direction do we have a tendency to pity them do we have a tendency to think of them as somehow lower than um where we stand um and and that is the behavior that we want to catch and eventually you want to discard that out of your process of supporting and helping someone because true compassion is void of pity it is it is it is void of any kind of uh, looking down um and just finding ways to elevate and relieve someone else's pain and and suffering does that does that make sense so far yes so it yeah i think it totally makes sense ruby i think what's interesting though is um this whole concept of uh pitying being a way of dividing from or or pulling away uh, disconnecting right mm-hmm. a way of being being uh better than somebody else because obviously that is not how we are our society is set up to oh poor thing oh did you, did you hear oh my gosh that poor thing she had to go through blah 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 oh, did you hear what happened to him poor guy mm-hmm. blah. you know our society is set up with pity built in as a uh normal societal response i will almost say it is a normal societal response so i think that so many of us have been trained almost that it's it's weird right like what's wrong with you why are you not you know having that pity response or i i feel like you see the same thing in the complaining or something you know you're supposed to join in to the um story of less than the story of, of something wrong so that's i think that's where this whole concept you know again what we've been talking about compassion it's not the first time any of us are hearing about the word compassion or what it means but really this whole concept of we don't know what's right for another human being ever on earth and they're on their path and we're on our path and that's that spiritual concept that's the spiritual part of all the stuff we're talking about everybody's on this path and we're all in this together and we're all here as one to support one another so it's mm-hmm. not about oh my gosh this horrible thing's happening or you poor thing or whatever it's about oh i see that you're going through this event and what can i do in this moment from that place of friendliness from that place of compassion and in this way it's the same practice as last week really yes you know it's yes. how do i how do i show up for you Correct. So, so this actually comes with the first practice, where we, along with friendliness, we practice oneness. When you feel pity for somebody, uh, or when you start thinking of them as somehow lesser than, you are immediately moving away from that concept of oneness, right? Um, and that's what you want to essentially uh, catch. and 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 um so i'm i'm like looking i'm looking at my notes now to kind of give you guys some examples so in the document that i've put up on facebook um you know i have asked some five questions that um that that should kind of give you enough material to kind of question what are your reactions to um when you see someone who's in pain suffering or is is miserable um so the first one like we talked about when you see somebody in pain do we pity them do we think that think of them as somehow less and when i was thinking of an example i was thinking of a friend of mine who is currently in the process of separation and in india 
separation and divorce, um, it's just, it's not acceptable. It is taboo. Uh, it's not done. Uh, people will live 60 years miserable, but they will stay together. It's, it's not culturally acceptable to separate. And what I realized was, as I was thinking of examples, I realized this friend of ours who is going through a separation because of, because the rest of us have been brought up with that cultural upbringing, we kind of, all of us, including me, when we found out about it or when we got together on Skype and we were talking, we had that element of we felt bad for her. We felt as if she was less than. We were, as friends, we were, we were show, of course, we were compassionate. We want, we are going to help her, and we're there for her. She can call, she calls us anytime she wants, and when she gets on her feet, when she separates, she starts living together, we are all there. We're going to do all the support bit, but our initial reaction had that element of pity. Um, and I'm sharing this here because, I, I, I mean, I, I just wanted, want everyone to feel okay with the fact that these reactions are normal. It's something that I guess is not taught, us, taught to us when, we, when it's taught compassion. Uh, it's not really – the way I look at it is that these, these lower reactions are ones of an untrained mind. The more deeper you go, the more you practice some of these, the more spiritually connected you become, these practices will kind of go away. So that was like, um, I, I needed to share that. That's your initial. It happens to everyone. Yeah. Right. That's, that's your initial. And, and like I said, we, we literally are raised that way. We're literally <laughs> raised as, um, you know, our, since we were children, we heard, oh, my gosh, you know, poor so-and-so or, you know, I feel so bad for so and you know so that's and again it's in it's in our era it's, it's almost I remember Jeanette did a call once about um, I'm going to forget the exact topic name but she was she was talking about your words you know and so we talked about going to a funeral right and her she's I think almost all if you guys know Jeanette but for those of you who don't she talks teaches law of attraction and um, you know is very cautious about using your words to create. So she, was, she had a whole car just dedicated to the words we use, and it was the same concept, Ruby, right? You go to a funeral, and you're supposed to say, I'm so sorry. That's the societal, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry. That's, that is a societal norm at a funeral. Those are norm words to say. And then we got into a whole conversation on this call about, but what if you're really not sorry? You know, what if you're the type of person who sees this as somebody's liberation out of pain and, you know, now they're in a better place and, you know, whatever your spiritual belief is, right? But what if you have a spiritual belief that this is not a horrible, terrible thing that's happened, right? Yeah. And so we were yeah. talking about, about how, you know, if you show up to a funeral and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so thrilled that this person passed away because now they're in a better place, you'd look like a complete freak. You know, that's <laughs> not the societal norm to do that. So that's where these practices, um, it, it's about just, Again, I know we're going to talk about them. It's more just about the awareness of where, yes. what am I doing and why am I doing it. You yes. don't have to change anything. You can still go to a funeral and say you're sorry if you want to. No one's telling you you can't do that. But it's more of just the, the realization of what am I saying, what do I mean, and where am I, again, internally. Where am I working yes. in on the internal compass versus the external compass? Yes, yeah. yeah. And, and yesterday when we were talking, Amna, you know, one of the other things we talked about is uh, 
you know, when we see, again, when we see a situation or a person especially who is either in pain or suffering or is going through, you know, an issue, um, do we take pleasure in their downfall? And I shared with Amana that when I started my work in corporate, this is like when I was 22, um, highly competitive environment, and I told her, I said, that happened to me. I, I used to be that person where I was competing with this other trainer. And every time, uh, you know, he got into trouble and he had to redo some report, um, yeah, I'd help him, but I would de derive immense pleasure out of the fact that he was miserable because that would somehow mean to me that, um, you know, I'm, I'm better. Um, and, and that's the other question that I've asked over here, that do you have somebody in your life where, do you have a situation where, you know, you see someone else's undergoing, un undergoing a, a painful a situation or something has happened to them that's making them miserable? You know, do we derive pleasure out of that situation? Like that's a really strong one to connect. And maybe you don't have... Um, I don't know, maybe it could be an estranged family member that you derive pleasure out of. It could be a friend or, you know, the, the, the simplest Simple example I could give. Yeah, yeah, it could be. It could be. Um, or it could be the easiest thing that we all I can identify with is someone that, um, you know, we see it could be a TV, TV personality or it could be one of these famous people and they fall into tough times. And we're like, yeah, good, good for them. Like they deserve it or whatever. They like have we, problems we, too. Take that, you person. And and from their misery, we are. Do we feel? Are we able to show compassion, or do we feel pleasure out of out of that uh, situation? That's another question I've I've posed in in that document. You know, um, the other thing that you maybe that doesn't ring a bell with you. Do you have this syndrome of where you take a position when someone else is in pain or, or suffers, um, do you take a position, position of feeling right, like I told you so? Now, this could happen with family members because I know it has happened with me quite a bit. Um, you know, it could happen with your kids. It could happen with your partner. It could happen with your, your parents or whatever, where you've either tried to tell them something or you knew something was right or wrong and they didn't listen and they still went ahead and did something and now they are in pain or, you know, they are having a little bit of a tough time. Are we able, yes, I'm sure all of us go ahead. The second step is let me support you. What can I do? You know, let, let me help you get out of it. But the initial reaction um, do you have that position where you have that attitude, I told you so? Like that happens quite a bit. Um, or, or, uh, the huff, or, or the huffy. All right. Uh -huh. Well, since you messed it all up, I guess I'll help you fix it. You know, uh -huh. even, even if those aren't your words, is that you're, 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 you're feeling it. Yeah, you're feeling And you know what, Ruby, I just thought of this one when you were talking, because um, when you brought up about, you know, the, the whole kind of, like taking pleasure in someone's downfall. You know where I think this would be so interesting to to play. This is total side note, but I just think the first thing that came up when you start to say that is in the political campaign. Oh no! I find <laughs> myself sometimes kind of being like, ha, ha. 
they caught you at that. Like, they caught you lying. Take that. And it's, uh-huh. it, it's not my personality, but I find myself sometimes just being like, yeah, good. They they just showed you up or whatever. And again, that's just, it, it's a great way of just showing that this is in our environment, in our air. This is this kind of, um, this feeling is kind of out yeah. there, this, this separation feeling. You, you know, for me, <laughs> that, that, that's going to be like a bonus. For me, that's going to be a bonus, what you're suggesting, because there are certain personalities right now where I am at a challenge, I'm, I'm at a handicap because I can't even get myself to feel any compassion. Like, I can't, I can't get myself to move away from what I'm initially thinking about them. So that might be a bonus for some of us, <laughs> Amna. I know. I'm so thinking. I would. I was just thinking if I could actually, because you know, I have a a, a practice, a daily practice of, of praying for um, both candidates daily. Just you know, just prayer ritual that I do. But I still find my, and the reason I do that is because I find myself having those kind of responses. So so I know there's yeah. more to clear for my part. But that. It's just, it's just interesting how um, it, it shows up in kind of funny ways on how we separate, you know, because yeah. at, the end of, at the end of the day, um, when we do a oneness practice, that means you're one with the people that you really don't like on earth. Now, that doesn't mean yeah. you have to go hang out with them and spend every day with them and hold hands and sing kumbaya with them. But that whole concept of the oneness practice and understanding that what what we are doing on this path is oneness means I don't like you, I don't agree with what you stand for, I don't think you're right, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, but I'm not separating. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not making myself better than or less than or more than. Yeah. And and for this practice, the compassion one, I think we'll keep it to we won't we won't kind of bring in people that we dislike because that's the exactly. first practice. That's, that's like a, yeah, that's a whole bigger that's another story. Yeah. That's the fourth one we're gonna do in week four. For this practice, these are people that you know you're going to help. Like you are going to extend your support, you know you're going to help them, you want to help them, however the case may be. Like you are going to reach out. But in spite of that, you want to do up the game of compassion, we're going to check our reactions. Like, do we feel any of these things? The the other thing, um, before we have to end, I know we're like 20 minutes, but the, the other big thing is uh, that you want to ask yourself is, do you feel inconvenienced by the timing of people's suffering? Now, that's a big one. You might think that it doesn't happen, but it happens quite a bit. Uh, so let me give you an example. Say you're all set for the night, you know, you're dressed up or, you know, you've got it all laid out and you're going out for the night with your friends, X, Y, Z. Or maybe you're going on a trip with your friends. It's an overnight trip. Everything is prepared for. Bus tickets are booked and, you know, everything is paid for at the camping site. And then someone who is in your home who, is, who needs your help falls sick, you know, like a terrible sick like bedridden, high fever. Um, yes, you're going to stay back. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, I don't know. But if you do, do you find yourself thinking, oh my God, did this happen? Why did this have to happen right now? Do you find yourself feeling inconvenienced by the timing of someone else's suffering and misery? Now, 
we don't have to answer that because this this one to me is like really raw and maybe people don't want to you know i i don't think we we i'm not sure like i don't know if people want to own up to something like that but this one is the other bit in compassion which i feel uh is very powerful it happens quite a bit we 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 just have to we have to observe and be mindful and see whether we are doing this um or not um and you know i can i can share my example um you know for the last month my family and i we've been dealing with my younger brother going through depression and you know there's a whole there's a whole bunch of stuff that's happening back home and um i and i'm sharing this because i want to tell you how this can show up um and it, it and it just so happened there were these four days last month where it was the worst like he was in a really it was the worst he's ever been and it was really difficult and what was happening from his side was that he would just call us any of us um at any given point in time um and just talk whenever he felt like so we he wouldn't take our calls but then obviously when he called we took the call and i remember that for those 3 days 4 days the calls were so random it came at such odd hours in the middle of so many different activities that i was already involved in that i did catch myself um you know saying every time the phone rang and i saw saw his um name flash up there was this there were these brief split seconds where i'd be like oh no not now and i caught myself and 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 the reason and and obviously they they because he's my brother and he's the youngest one so i don't know if people have multiple siblings you know what the younger one signifies he's like he's the darling so <laughs> he can do no wrong um so it stayed for a split second and obviously i took the call and i was there for him 100% but that's how it can creep in um so we when i say that we want to move towards pure compassion that's what i mean by becoming aware of these these split second things that come up and the more aware we become the less hold it will have on us and the less power it has on us and we move more and more towards pure compassion okay so that so let's just recap that practice and i i know we've got this is our practice for the week and then i know we we got a bonus practice as we always do but so let's just recap this practice then ruby it's just a matter of noticing when something comes up that a situation that comes up that requires compassion just noticing if you are able to be present and think what does this person need in the moment very much like our feminist practice or if you start to have any of the responses we talked about you're either um feeling like oh my gosh this poor person i better help them cuz you know they need me that kind of a you know better than kind of response to them or mm-hmm. if you're having a response of some sort of annoyance like this is the worst time for them to be doing this or if you're having some sort of a response like well yeah i'll help you but you know i told you so or mm-hmm. kind of taking any kind of um superior like i was right you were wrong feeling mm-hmm. and really the practice just for this week is just noticing, noticing where we yeah. get it just noticing 
when we go to quote unquote help or when we go to be uh, in a compassionate state with somebody if we are being motivated by one of these underlying feelings. And that's it. Correct. I noticed. Correct. Okay. Correct. So Absolutely. That's the practice for this week. And then we have a bonus practice. So do you want oh, to Oh, the back? bonus practice. <laughs> the bonus practice we talked about, Amina uh, and we were talking about yesterday, is you know the act of actually supporting someone when you help someone out whether it's through charity work, whether it is through, you know, physically just one-on-one, whatever it is. Um, Do we do those so that we feel better about ourselves? Now, that's that's like advanced levels. So do we do them to feel better? Do we do them so we get validation and recognition for the act? And, um, you know, I'm going to ask me a question, well, how would we know that we're doing it for being recognized or validated or feel better. So I said, well, I told her, <laughs> well, when you don't hear a thank you or if you don't hear get an appreciation in return and you feel bad about it, it's probably a good sign that you probably you did it because you wanted to feel better or you wanted to be validated. Now, again, you know, this is a bonus practice, and I want everyone to kind of, everyone here to understand, this is, if these are natural tendencies there is, it doesn't make, make you a bad person because this whole bad concept is a moral concept and this is beyond any human morality that, that can exist. This is not about good or bad. This is just about us observing, the mild, yes, observing, being aware, being mindful so that we move towards the pure element of compassion. That's it. That's all we're trying to do. And so I want to share just a, a quick story because I've had I've had a, a a very huge life lesson with this one, which is um, why I'm also excited about the the bonus practice. I um, every Halloween I used to make gift baskets. Well, I still do make gift baskets for my nieces and nephews. And at the time, I only had my oldest sister, the only one with kids, so there were four of them. And I used to you know, get four of everything and put it in one box, like four individual little gift boxes in one box and send them. And you all, I spent hours, like, thinking of cool different things for Halloween that they might like and, you know, soccer balls for my youngest nephew because he was into soccer, just all these things, hours and hours. And I would literally spend pretty much the whole month of October, even some of September, kind of getting these things ready. And I tell you, those kids never texted a thank you, never called a thank you. And I would send these boxes and I'd just be like dying to know like when they opened it and what they thought of the little soccer pumpkin erasers and all these things that I picked out. And then one day my, you know, I, I was complaining to my sister about how absolutely obnoxious and rude her kids are, which any of you who have kids know how well that went over with my sister. But anyways, I was complaining to my sister about this and she said, you know what? I can't force my kids to call you and thank you for stuff. So if that's what is required for getting some of these gift boxes, I really wish you'd just quit sending them. And it was just this amazing moment where I realized I'm sending these gift boxes for me. This doesn't even have anything to do with the kids. I want to know if they like this. I, I'm looking for validation. I'm trying to be the cool aunt. I'm trying to be, you know, I, who knows what the heck, but it's all me. I'm doing this on me. This isn't about let me send you a gift and, and they may like it, they may not like it, they may give it away to their friends because they don't like pumpkin soccer ball erasers, which trust me, if one of them had told me that, I would have been highly offended at the time. 
But it was just such an aware moment, which I, of course, had no awareness of, right? My sister had to, like, point blank in my face be like, if you need my kids to behave a certain way in order for you to keep doing this, please stop doing this because I can't force my kids to behave in the way you want them to. So that to me was such a, and I know it's not directly related to compassion, but it's the concept of what is the motivation behind us doing what we're doing? And would you be doing it if no one was looking? And would you be doing mm-hmm. it if you never got a thank you? You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and just, it's just, again, it's just a question to ask because it's just an awareness practice. You know, there's, again, no right or wrong. It's just a matter of going, huh, I'm really doing this because I'm hoping so-and-so notice. I hope my boss, I'm doing this because I'm hoping my boss notices so that he'll give me the promotion at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. I, don't really give a, I don't really give a crap about that person at all. But I think if people see me doing this, they'll start to think I'm a this type of person, which will result in me getting that. Um, so just an awareness of that. And like Ruby said, we all do it. We've all been there. So... I'm playing just right along with everyone. I know Ruby is too, playing right along with everyone this week. So what, maybe, can we open this up and in case people yeah. have questions? Questions, thoughts, comments, everyone? Well, here's what's good about this. It's a noticing practice. <laughs> we don't have to actually do anything with anyone. <laughs> hey, Amina, I always yeah. talk, but I had I had something come up when you were telling the story about the gifts for your nieces and nephews. Because yeah, that's, been a theme, that's been a theme in my family with my mom. My mom is very much like keeping track of who said thank you or didn't. And I always just tell her, Mom, you know, is this about giving the gift, you know? But then I found myself not maybe a few years ago realizing I was keeping score on who called who last in the family. Like, well, my dad never calls me. I have to call my dad. And my brothers were doing the same thing. And then as I became more awakened, obviously, through a lot of spiritual practice, I realized I want to be the one to show up as love. I'm not going to keep score about who called me last or when he didn't call me back because my dad is like 77 now and I don't know how much longer he's going to be around, but I want to make sure when he's not here physically anymore, I know in my heart, I acted as love. I made the call. I wasn't keeping score. It wasn't about, Oh, you're so good, Dana. You call your daddy every week. No, it's about (laughs) being loved because maybe he's not in the place because for a lot of familial reasons, and everybody has their stories, we have ours like everybody else, but there's reasons why my dad doesn't call, and I know what they are, and so it just taps me in more to the love I have for him, and I no longer play that game. So I love it. it. Wow. Yeah. So much more, there's so much more freedom in just choosing to show up as love. Like, it's yeah. like the argument I had this weekend. Just show up as love. Who cares? what the argument was about or who was right or feeling superior, it doesn't matter because it's like, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. If it's not going to matter tomorrow or in the next three hours, certainly not in the next month, six months, or a year, it is small stuff. And most of the stuff we get all worked up about, about who called last or whether they said thank you, is small stuff. So, well, and, here's, and here's the thing with this practice for this week, Dana, just using that exact same example, all mm-hmm. of that quote-unquote small stuff is just stuff that we're not aware about inside ourselves, 
right? It's like, I could, until my sister said something, I literally didn't know. And then once I knew, it was like, oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Oh my, yeah. like, it's always, it's, it's, it's always like this little stuff that just, yeah. Right. <laughs> Wait, it's like, oh my gosh, okay, well, what, you know what, what, what do I need, what do, like, I want a Halloween gift basket. I need to be making myself a Halloween gift basket. You know, and but that was the awareness. The awareness was I'm doing for others what I want for myself and then getting mad that they're not happy that I'm giving them the gift I want. You know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's just, but you, how do you know that? You have to have these life experiences before you go, man, I'm yeah. really upset about this thing that I shouldn't be upset about, but I really am. And, and then and, it's like, yeah. oh, huh. Okay, and I wanted there. and I wanted to connect with my dad, and so since I wanted to connect with him, why was I not making the call? Exactly, it's like, and that's self love. That's loving yourself to honor what you need. It's very selfish. I always tell people it's extremely selfish, but it is the best place to come from. Exactly, oh, yeah. I love it. So if you want a Halloween gift this year, Almana, make yourself a massive basket. <laughs> I'm gonna, I do. I make my. I still send them a basket, but I send it myself too. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Any other mm. thoughts or questions or comments? Are we all in? Are we all playing compassion, compassion awareness? Yeah. Yep. Well, yes, in. we yep. are. Awesome, awesome. All right, so we have a call again next week, next Wednesday. And, Ruby, what is our topic for next week? I don't remember. Joy. Is next week yes. Joy? Yes. Oh, okay, good. Well, all my, uh, all my little Joy challengers are going to love next week then. So we're going we're, we're gonna to do the hard work of awareness, and then we're going to get to party a little, Ruby. Is that what happens? Well, yeah, kind of. This is also a party. I, I, I take offense that compassion can't be a party. It's going to be a party in my head. If you, if you could only read the script that goes on. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to continue the party. I'll, I'll reframe it. We're going to continue the party. Next yes, next story. week. Next week is joy and delight. Um, so yeah, it's going. It it can be lighter. I I I'm with you on that one. Joy and delight can be so much more lighter than oh compassion. <laughs> I just have I just have a personal attachment to joy. So that's, that's yes. one that I, I resonate with very well. <laughs> so we'll see you guys all next Wednesday, 12 noon Eastern again, same time, same number, same everything. Um, and we'll probably send out a new version of the workbook or, or post a new version of the workbook. And post your questions, your comments, your awareness, all of that on Facebook, and we will continue the party on next week. Until then, be compassionate and be aware of where your compassion motivation is coming from, and we will talk to everybody next Wednesday. Thank you again to you, Ms. Ruby. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Bye, Thank everyone. You. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.